Welcome to The Stack, a weekly podcast where we discuss the latest in the world of marketing, sales, and tech so that you can cut through all the noise, know which developments you should be paying attention to so that you can become a better marketer. That was very dramatic. I'm a very dramatic down. kind of guy. Um, name's Sean Henry. I'm here with... Ryan Sylvester. And Tim Staberski. Oh, I was really hoping you would go with the nickname this week. Oh, Timbo? Timbo Slice? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next week. Uh, well, today is Wednesday, December 5th, 2018. Coming to you from Pepperland Marketing in Cheshire. It's episode number 32. Big number 32. Hot dog. Hot dog. Yeah. It's a lot. I'd say so. Hmm. Um, so each week we go through some of the big news of the week. You know, that could be blog content. That could be announcements from Google. It could be new product developments. Whatever we think you should be paying attention to. And we try to break it all down. Make it really easy to digest and tell you what you should do with that info. And there was a lot this week, but the one thing that really, I think, stood out to us, would you guys agree with us? Yeah? Yeah. yeah sort of, to a degree. Yeah. Um, is uh, a study that came, or well, research that came from HubSpot uh, in partnership with the University of Virginia. And the, um, the article was titled, How Consumers Want to Engage with Brands on Social Media, a Framework. This was written by Nicole Montgomery from HubSpot, but it was with contributions from Renee Spillane, Hopefully I'm pronouncing that last name correctly. Apologies if I'm not. And Campbell Chupik? Yeah. Yeah. That sounds Let's go with that. Yeah. That's how I would have said it. Um, so just to, to give you the, the lead here, one of the biggest challenges we face in creating the right kind of content, oh, is creating the right kind. I'm going to just <laughs> say that sentence over. One of the biggest challenges we face is creating the right content for the right channels. We've found that audience expectations vary from medium to medium, meaning that you need to tailor each piece of content to the specific needs of that channel. What drives engagement on Facebook won't evoke the same response on Twitter. Understanding those differences and having a framework in place to address them is crucial to achieving a high ROI on your social efforts. Definitely a top concern. You get asked that all the time, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so interesting stuff. Would definitely recommend checking it out. You'll find a link in the show notes. Um, but just to quickly walk you through it, they so they they turned to two primary sources of data. They surveyed. Do you guys know who they surveyed? It was yeah. Let me. Three thousand. Thirty six hundred U.S. Um, I have already. You should have. Well. Where did it go? Yeah. So we'll, it was we'll it, it was it was shows. more than three thousand um, U.S. users of social media platforms. I, I so looking at the results, I suspect that these were. Um, they, they were questions that were kind of asked through, very much through a consumer lens. Um, so I, I kind of find some of the recommendations here to be a little bit more interesting if you are a B2C consumer facing brand, um, you know, more so than if you were B2B working with other, you know, reaching other professionals in a professional setting, but still helpful uh, either way. Um, but they had survey data and then they also analyzed performance of HubSpot's content across the different social networks. So they had real performance data that they kind of mesh together with this yep. uh, direct feedback they got from the survey results. And they, they started by looking at the motivation. So why do people turn to social media? What are they hoping to do? And they, they boiled it down to a handful of common motivations. The first one is bridging. Um, those are people who are looking to connect with brands, discuss uh, specific topics with people, or to engage in professional networking. Next one was bonding. Um, authentic Look into your life, sharing life updates, posting photos, what you, I guess, mostly think of when it comes to social media. Yeah. Uh, communication, uh, keeping in touch with friends and family, exchanging messages. 
Uh, fourth one was discovering. And when you're doing that, you are trying to discover interesting information. You're looking to watch videos. Um, you're trying to find ideas related to personal interests. You can say something, Tim? <laughs> Tim wanted to say something there. I wanted to. Go for it. It's gone. Oh, all right. It's passed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the final one was taking action. Um, and this this kind of reflects that very consumer view. They, uh, they say streaming music, monitoring kids' activity online, engaging in a fun activity with my kids. So interesting stuff. Those are the, the primary um, consumer motivations. Um, and then they, they looked at which networks would be, well, which networks those consumers turn to when they're looking to do these things. And for bridging, um, it looks like Twitter and Instagram are the primary networks. Bonding, it was Instagram and Snapchat. Communicating, it was Facebook Messenger and Facebook. And that's makes, surprising there. Yeah, it makes the most sense to me. Uh, discovering YouTube and Twitter. And taking action, it was Facebook and YouTube. Any like initial reactions to these ratings? Anything surprised you guys? So, uh, I, not that it surprised me, but I think it was very um, concise. When people ask me why I use Snapchat, I always struggle to say, like, what to give an actual <laughs> yeah. reason. You're, you're, yeah. you're using it to communicate, but you're not just communicating. Um, you really, you're using it to be like silly with people that you're close with. And yeah. that's, that fits very well into the bonding bucket. And I never would have thought to describe it that way without mm. this. Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, they're in the, t I mean, they're only in the top three for two of them. But I think that if they're going to be in the top three for any of them, they're in the right ones, you know, bonding and communication. For sure. I suspect the one that probably has the biggest difference depending on age is communicating. Um, if you are, you know, let's say middle age or so, you're probably far more likely to use Facebook Messenger and Facebook than you would be if you were, say, 17. I'm surprised at how right. low YouTube is scoring on their chart. For communicating? No, well, yeah. So oh, just all around. All, all around, yeah. I mean, yep. three out of the five, they're in the bottom. Which, but I, yeah, I don't know. I feel like like who communicates through YouTube? I, I mean, I guess in the comments, but you're yeah. right. You're right. It's not. It's not like it's, a communicating it's, platform. It's a matter so YouTube, of YouTube is definitely like the least for. social of the. I, I think of YouTube more as um, a search engine or like an entertainment. Platform. I'll be honest. I thought it was kind of weird that that was in here as a search as a social media platform. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and Sean just got sneezed on by the uh, Febreze. Yeah, we yeah. have this automatic air freshener that is. Position directly next to where I'm sitting right now, and I just now Sean smells I'm, great. I'm very uh, fresh linen smelling. <laughs> um, <laughs> so interesting. I I mean, I'm a big Twitter user, so I was kind of pleased to see this, but I think mm -hmm. a little surprising that Twitter uh, scored as highly across a lot of these categories as it did. But for me, that kind of makes sense because it's how I use Twitter. I do think it's strange that Twitter was so low for communicating um, compared to say Instagram. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they, they, they took the survey results that focus on consumer motivations and preferences um, for network based off your, your motivation. Um, but then they wanted to figure out, well, what kind of content would work really well in those scenarios. And to do that, they looked at uh, HubSpot's content and I don't know what period of time they had access to, but I'm assuming a decent chunk of time. And um, they looked at HubSpot's framework for how they classify content. I believe that's true. Um, and they boiled that down to, into three primary buckets of identity content, 
info or utility content and emotional content. And each of these buckets have some subcategories. Yeah. So for identity, there's content that um, reflects who I see myself as or reflects who I want to be or relates to my hobbies and personal interests. For info and utility, they have educational or informs about news and current events. For emotional, they have humorous, warm and fuzzy, or sympathetic. Which I guess makes sense. Yeah, I love that warm and fuzzy as a category. Yeah, right. Like an official category. Yeah, official in category. In HubSpot's framework. Warm yeah. and fuzzy. Yeah. So they, they meshed together these two uh, sets of data, and, and they came up with this framework. And it, it's pretty interesting, um, but it basically sets out to answer the question, um, how should I use Facebook or how should I use Instagram? Like um, what intent does that align to and what type of content should I create for that platform? Which and, uh, we took issue with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think if you are think so this is naturally how everybody does think about these things. They hear all the buzz about, um, you know, Instagram kind of becoming this most popular platform now. I don't know. I actually don't know where it ranks, but it's clearly gotten a lot of buzz and focus over the past. There's year. at least a billion active users. Yeah. And like 2015 going into 2016, maybe early 2017, all the buzz was around Snapchat, right? Um, and that's kind of faded a little bit. But when this this happens, everybody's thinking, oh my God, you know, we've got to use this new network. What, how are we going to use it? Or, you know, why is it that the content that we used to put on Facebook does so terribly on these networks? So th they set out to answer the, I think, the question people wanted to have answered. We take issue with that because it's not the right question to ask. You really should be asking yourself, what is my business goal or my business challenge? And, um, you know, how do these networks help me overcome that challenge or fulfill that need? And, right? you know, which of these social networks, which are the ones that I should actually be, you know, pursuing with my, with my yeah, strategy? Totally. Totally. So we would recommend that you go and look at their research to get their breakdown because I do think that's useful, especially in like day to day. Like if you have to do something. You know, somebody's telling you, hey, I need you to put some content up on Facebook and you're trying to figure out what kind of content we're going to create for this platform. This will probably be helpful. But when you want to make some real like quality change. That's where you need to go to our show notes. Exactly. <laughs> so um, in advance of this episode, we spent an absurd amount of time um, <laughs> taking HubSpot's data and kind of coming up with our own framework, um, which you, you will find in the show notes right now. It's just living in this lovely Google Doc, but we'll make it look nice for you. Um, and, and the chart will be responsive. Yeah. It'd be a nice responsive chart. Okay. Who's going to make it? Print it out <laughs> put it on your cubicle or wherever you Refrigerator. Work. Yeah. Um, so we started with business need. Okay. Uh, and I'll take the first one. So let's say your business need is to build awareness, build brand awareness. You want people to know about you, know who you are, what you're all about. We think that mostly aligns with the consumer motivation of bridging. And when people are using social to bridge, they want to connect with brands and companies, discuss a specific topic with people online who they don't know, or for professional networking. Those options come from this study. That's not our words. The research suggests that for that need, the content you might want to produce falls in either the, well, yeah, falls in the identity bucket. So who I see myself as, who I want to be or my personal hobbies and interests. And it goes on to give you some examples. Um, Tim, Ryan, any, any examples? Also, like if I was interested in cooking, I might be looking for like recipe videos mm -hmm. or like if I'm a, a bird feeder enthusiast, I might be looking <laughs> for 
videos on making custom sure. bird feeders. Yeah. If you were, um, you know, uh, I don't know. Um, it's going to be in lawn mowing. I know it. <laughs> if you had a, a program in entrepreneurship, right. You might have a inspiring video about like, you know, the female entrepreneurs. Sure. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and the article does give some additional examples. Um, but again, you're, you're kind of thinking about what the, consumer's intent is to determine what content to leverage. And the, the networks you're going to want to primarily use here are, according to the study, Twitter and Instagram. But we would add in LinkedIn, um, you know, depending on your business and your community. We didn't mention that in the beginning that LinkedIn was not no, it was a part totally of the study. Totally neglected. Yeah. So which, LinkedIn, you're not good enough. Which, I mean, if you if looking down at their, their uh, methodology, they said that these are the platforms that the user that the the survey respondents are going to use, survey respondents are going to use to communicate with the brand, so like I guess I get it, but we think LinkedIn should be included. I mean, I just as we were talking about users a second ago, I looked up a quick graph, and it says most popular mobile social mobile social network apps in the United States, and LinkedIn's not even on the list. So mm. interesting. Um, Ryan, want to walk us through the next one? Yeah. So your if your business need is to build loyalty. The way that you might want to relate to the customer is through bonding. And you can do this by giving people an authentic look into your life, share updates. Maybe it's around the office. Maybe it's behind the scenes. Um, and post photos. Just, you know, that's the best way to bond. Um, and this is kind of attaching to the emo uh, to the emotional side. And that includes like humorous images, warm and fuzzy stuff. And uh you can do that through what, Tim? Tim's the, the example Tim guy. Tim is the example guy. Um, like if you want to think about like a funny, some funny content, you could think about like that uh, Super Bowl commercial, the Doritos ultrasound where the baby's mm. looking at the this Dorito. It's a made-up commercial. It's not, that is not a made-up commercial. Not, That's only a Tim has seen. Or the, um, that the Mountain Dew commercial with uh, Morgan Freeman and the 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 oh the, oh, oh, the oh, Game oh. of Thrones dude yeah and they're mm -hmm. like rap battling like yeah. those are those got a lot of interest a lot oh, of oh yeah um, yeah yeah humorous I got some for you guys I what, got some what's for you. what's it what is it um so uh, there's this commercial right now featuring Elton John who's that he, he is <laughs> <laughs> I, I I wish I knew the the brand that actually did this it's Snickers isn't it is no ow I will I will Google that. <laughs> is it that. really? Is it I think Snickers? It's, You're kidding me. No, I think it is Snickers, isn't it? Tim's looking it up. Well, all right, so we will we'll figure out the product. I th I could have swore it was like a piano brand or something. Uh, I think it is John Lewis and Partners. And what do they do? I, I don't know. Um, well, I, I'm pretty sure, so I'll, I'll double check this, but I think the commercial, it starts with him getting... I thought it was him getting an instrument for Christmas as a kid. Oh, okay, so then I'm totally wrong. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> but then what I'm it like kind of it's like a flash like forward through his life and right. you know his progression and developing skills and being successful and they are a homeware fashion and electricals. <laughs> well, um, brand. Okay, so maybe that's like some identity play or something. Yeah, I don't know. I can see it, but. Uh, definitely establishes this really strong emotional connection and the, um, the best way to portray that emotional connection yeah they, they suggest through instagram and snapchat right right yeah um and that's just because the uh well, it's a lot of imagery right very visual yep. um platforms and uh i again this is 
I think if you are um, B2C, absolutely. If you're in like fashion beauty, that's where you need to be. Um, Bread and butter. Yeah, yeah. Now if you're, if in, you're, if you're in like warehouse automation, Snapchat might not be the right. the route for you. Yeah, yeah. There, there might be other uh, options there for you. <laughs> um, Tim, what's the other one? So if your business need is to sell and support, like to actually close a deal or to support your customer, um, that closely, we, we believe that that closely aligns with the consumer motivation of communicating, which, you know, HubSpot's survey sort of defined as um, being, you know, needing to identify the easiest method of communication for me, or for, for them, the consumer, um, keeping in touch with my family and friends or exchanging messages with my family and friends or my network. Um, that closely aligns with two buckets of content, and that is the emotional, which could include humorous, warm and fuzzy and sympathetic, as well as identity content, which includes things around um, like my hobbies and interests, who I want to be, who I see myself, who I see myself as. Some fun examples. I'm opinionated here, so <laughs> can I share? Yeah, go for it. Um, so I've got a few different like scenarios. Um, let's say you have a uh, a mobile app, and you're trying to think of what content you could create that's gonna like, you know, fit in well with the way that your customers are communicating online, right? With their friends. Um, so if your app gives you um, like a badge or some kind of progress scorecard or something, um, like, you know, those running apps where it'll map out your, yeah. uh, the route that you went on or like your speed or something, you should make it super easy to like, you know, send that in a, a personal message to somebody, like maybe somebody who's kind of rooting for you to make progress on something. Which it's um, not. You have to take a screenshot of your phone. Isn't that terrible? It's terrible. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, in the the midterm elections, there was um, I I wish I remember what the app was, but it it allowed you to configure your ballot before you went to vote. And I thought it would be amazing if you could then take that ballot that you just configured and send it to a friend that said, "Hey, I think you should vote for these people." You know, but it's integrating with these communication platforms in a very like one to one way, in order to you know help them achieve their goal of communicating with their friends but at the same time building the reach of your product, which is super neat. Um, So that's scenario one. If you are in kind of like a sales or support type role, people are coming at you hard through social media, um, but also now messaging applications, right? So you may have, um, you might want to have like this library of FAQ style content. um, So you can immediately be prepared to respond to that common question that you get with a detailed answer. So have yeah, that or, content ready to go. Or if, I know, um, depending on what, depending on your social network, um, like you can use bots and stuff to answer those, bots, yeah, those common absolutely. questions. Yeah, so like you know, the more you get them, you kind of bake that yep. in. You don't even have to be there. The bot is going to communicate instantly with your with your prospects and your, your customers. Um, so that's either on the uh, sales side or the support side. Um, but you could also get people really excited. So let's say somebody just... Uh, made a person uh, purchase or something. Maybe you immediately send them a message on Facebook Messenger if they're connected to you or something. Um, with like a fun, what? I have to, I, I, fun I, gift I, or something. I would be very angry if, if I, I think, bought right, something. It depends, it depends <laughs> on the situation, right? It, if I buy some, if I buy some Pepperland, do not send me a funny gift, Sean. <laughs> I, I mean, I love getting a, an email when, um, like something good happens yeah. using one of the different like marketing apps and tools that we have. 
Um, I know Wistia is really good at this. Like after you, you sign up for something, it'll redirect you to a page where they're like dancing or something and balloons are falling mm-hmm. down. But like that kind of like really exciting content would work well here. I think yeah. I mentioned it on another episode, but I had an email that they were looking for a link and they had sent me a gif of Mariah Carey singing. Really? Yeah, in the email. Yeah. And I was very inclined, but you know. It's link building. You got you got to like you, you know <laughs> you have to be careful here too because this could backfire. You know if you, you have if to know you don't your audience take the right tone. Yeah, you want to still be respectful. It doesn't work with everybody. Um, but if you want to send me memes, I'm down. Yeah, uh, best networks. So Facebook Messenger, obviously, yep. since it has the word Messenger in it. Um, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. We added LinkedIn and Twitter to yeah. this. Breakdown. I think LinkedIn and Twitter are much, much higher in the, uh, the B2B space. For sure. Um, any kind of like professional messaging, but if it's like a retail consumer driven thing, Facebook, uh, is definitely the king there. Interesting. I mean, the, the Twitter support stories, those go viral all the time. Yeah. Of brands and their, yep. they're just like just gonna say terrible, that. um, responses to customers when customers complain through Twitter, like Del- I remember there was one a few months ago about Delta Airlines replied to a Twitter message from someone that was stuck in a bathroom like a year after they left the message. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, you got to be careful. So I, I told you guys this morning, um, now this was not on social media. Um, I submitted a, um, a support ticket through like a live chat. Nobody was there. So they followed up with me via email. And uh, I was kind of sensing a tone in the like a negative tone in the person's replies like almost kind of sarcastic and so after the third or fourth reply i replied to the, the person and i said uh i feel like you're calling me a liar <laughs> instead of trying to help me fix my problem <laughs> um so yeah anyway you got to be you got to be careful with uh, the tone you take with this type of content if you if you go down this route shall i take the next one guys you shall all right so if your business need is to increase or grow traffic or capture demand. You want to focus on the consumer intent of discovering. When consumers are using social to discover, they are looking to discover interesting information, interesting or informative content. They want to watch, discover interesting videos. They want to find information ideas related to personal, and I would add, or professional interests. So the content types that the study recommends is, uh, in the info and utility bucket, specifically educational style content um, or content that falls in the identity bucket, who I want to be or hobbies and personal interests. So uh, guys, what are some good content types that you might think about? Probably a how-to video. Yeah, big time. Um, yep. Q&As. I know no, I can, Reddit does the the AMAs, ask me anything or like all those, the time. Yeah, like Facebook Live, like ask me anything are pretty popular depending oh, on your network. I, oh okay I didn't know that they had those on well it's just like a Facebook I knew it was live mo- yeah. oh, okay. I kn- I it's knew like a Facebook live that's like uh, any kind of like live oriented. stream yeah. Yeah. could work yeah um, lectures mean, or yeah. a, a master class format yeah. yeah and then the of course the, like a blog content the good old blog content yeah, yeah it yep. still works still important especially if you kind of intertwine these content types yep that could work well and they suggest using these on YouTube Twitter and we added LinkedIn and then just like one important thing here if you're going to be using YouTube and you should be using YouTube, but people don't think about it. You have to make sure you tie away back to your actual website or domain or your business. So yep. people know how to actually get in touch with you. Yes. Um, because if you just put content up on YouTube, hoping that they find their way back to you, yep. they might not. You kind of want to think about it as like a deeper 
richer version of a title tag and med description in the yeah. search results page. Yeah. Right. It's capturing people's attention, but you got to get them to take that next step. Yeah. The last bucket, um, if your business goal is to convert, uh, this falls under the, uh, the, oh, taking action. I scrolled too far. Um, so this is streaming music, monitoring my, this is their words, monitoring my kids' activities online, engaging in a fun activity with my kids. But in the B2B sense, it might be, right. I need to buy something. Right. A. <laughs> I a, thought you were going into the examples, or is that A, like Canadian A? <laughs> yes. Yeah, okay. It's interesting. Um, right, so the right. buckets this falls under is info and utility and identity. So this is calling for educational type of content and hobbies and personal interests. Some examples might be um, motivating this. This yeah, is like the I, right I, moment. I imagine uh, Eminem's, um, what is the the video uh, uh, from his movie? Eight Mile? Yeah, oh, oh, the song oh. from Eight Mile. Like that kind of thing. Dun, you dun, know, it's dun, like, dun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like That's something, like every sports commercial I ever. Thought exactly. you were talking about candy. <laughs> I was really no, confused. Like, uh, so like the type of content is really going to like, okay, like reminding them of what their their goals yeah. are. Right? Like some, like, a, a fun a fun video paired with like, this girl is on fire. Yeah. What? That, that's that song, that song? The song. The so- oh my God. No, I don't know. I All don't right. Know. You guys are awful. Could you sing it for us, Tim? No, I, I could. This I would, I would. girl is on Is that how it goes? Yeah. yeah. I just that? made that up. I don't, oh, guys, I don't think it's, it's spot on okay, too, right? I don't think it's girl, but. It's not. I'm just looking up the artist's name because it's Alicia Keys. Oh, oh. all right. Oh, yeah. all I right. saw Alicia Keys in concert once. Really? Not by choice. Not not saying Alicia Keys is bad, but oh boy, it's not my uh. Oh boy. <laughs> oh as boy. soon as this ad is done, I'm just gonna quickly unmute my computer so you guys know what song I'm talking about. Because no. you have heard this song before. Oh yeah, I know exactly what it is. This is now. not the point of the I stack. Just didn't think I, it I was apologize girl. to our listeners, but. These guys need to be schooled. I don't think the microphone's going to pick that up, sir. I think you need no. to sing it for us, Tim. Yeah, it's definitely not picking it up. Yeah. You never no. heard this? No. no. And it's so quiet. There's no way. Yeah. Me. Nope. <laughs> no. I don't no, understand these people. I, I, I apologize. So anyway, getting back to the advice we were trying to give you before <sighs> Tim so rudely interrupted us. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Stop that. I'm trying to. <laughs> um, the other the other type oh. of content we, we thought might be useful here is just stuff that like, okay, you're about to take the leap and do the scary thing. So we're here to hold your hand through the process. Like right? if you're migrating your website from Drupal to HubSpot. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Content might help there. Um, two big networks are? Facebook and YouTube. I guess. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I would say my most, I mean, most of my how-to consumption video stuff is done through Facebook, second YouTube. That's weird to me. I but, well, so you don't, you don't, you don't like search on Facebook for how-to videos. No, no. That's just coming up in my feed. Have either of you ever clicked out an ad uh, and then made a purchase directly from that ad? Yes. While on, let's say on Facebook. Yep. I did it the other okay. day. Yeah. Yep. No. Um, because I don't want to give Zuckerberg my money. <laughs> it was a ad for an oversized sweatshirt. Like that was also a blanket. It, it's interesting. because <laughs> They're called like, Snuggies, Ryan. <laughs> so I, I do believe this stuff works because we see it in the, the data when we do like retargeting ads works really well. 
Um, but I'm thinking about what I actually do. And I do think those ads might remind me that I want to do something. I never, maybe it's because I, I know what's going on behind the scenes. That I just try to avoid the ads. But for, for me, I actively try to avoid ads, but they do definitely remind me of things I've been thinking yeah. of. Yeah. Mm. I have made purchases because of ads, but not through ads. So um, hopefully this helped. <laughs> um, but we'll, again, we'll, we'll put this in the show notes. Uh, I would check this out, maybe print it out. Maybe we'll even turn it into a nice little cheat sheet for you. Um, but definitely check out uh, HubSpot's research as well, because I do think there's some really good, interesting stuff in there. Um, we do have one other, I know we kind of spent a lot of time in this. We do have one other thing that I think is noteworthy. And this comes directly from Google. And uh, the headline was Google Rich Results Expands for Question and Answer Pages. And this was directly on the Google Webmaster blog. Um, and we've talked a lot about uh, featured snippets and like these new search features and search results and how you could put markup on your website in order to increase the likelihood that Google's going to um, include these kind of enhanced results with for your website. This is another example of one of those things. If you have a... Um, question and answer style forum on your website amongst your community, your customers, as many, especially larger websites and brands do, um, adding some uh, markup to your your content could really make those results stand out in search results. And that's going to help your customers hopefully get to their commonly asked questions much faster. Um, might help you a bit with traffic as well. So there's nothing more frustrating than going through 20 different answers and each one of those is like, nope, that's not it. That's not it. That's not yeah. it. That's not it. And I think but it that's might the not give you traffic. It might not. But like the the primary reason we have these Q and A type sites is to solve a problem. If you're already a customer, yeah. Some right. some sometimes websites do it for like traffic growth, but it's yeah. it's mostly uh, like customer support, right? Retention kind of thing. So check that out. And again, if you have that type of resource, definitely recommend looking into ways to get that implemented on your website. Uh, shall we do the lightning round? Lightning round time. All right. Um, measuring the filter bubble, how Google is influencing what you click. So that was kind of the buzz for the last this is, couple of days. This is the one from DuckDuckGo, right? Yeah. 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 Now, I didn't, I, I scanned through it. Did one of you guys read it? So the, 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 the overall premise is saying that even if you're, so we all know if you're logged into your Google account and you do a search, Google uses your prior search history and just what it knows about you to return results that it believes will be most yeah. effective to get yeah. you to click. This is saying that even if you are logged out, and Google in, pers- and, in co- and, and, in, and, and or in cognito mode, then you um, will still be experiencing customized um, search results right. from Google saying that. So even though Google doesn't know that it's you. It's using other data points to sort of filter down. And they're saying that's a bad thing because dot, dot, dot. Dot, 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 dot. I didn't dig that far into it. Well, because it's like building, it's building a persona around like. Assumptions. Yeah. Well, all right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it could be bad for two things come to mind for me. And again, I didn't read the article. Um, one is if your search results are kind of tailored to the stuff you've selected previously, is that, is it called confirmation bias or is it got a different word? Well, it's, con- it's like reinforcing your pre-existing. Ideas. It's like screaming into an echo chamber. Yeah. The whole echo chamber thing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if I'm, I could be messing up my words, but I could see why that's bad. Right. 
what what was interesting to me, if it is true, and I, I don't know, I take it with a grain of salt, because um, as we'll see, Google did rebut this. Um, what was interesting is that they're saying that it, it, DuckDuckGo was saying that the study was not simply caused by um, location differences or by like time of day kind of differences. It's like if you, even if you searched for the exact same search at the exact same time in the exact same location as someone else, you could see different results, which is a little weird if you can't explain why. I'd want to know. I really why. think what the article is playing into is um, there's there's fear that uh, the that Google and you know the social networks have a political bias. I think that is a big thing yeah. happening right now yeah. that is out there and there's chatter about it. So I think they're seizing on that, and I think they're also seizing on the fact that there's a backlash against um, use of our data. Right. Oh, it's a huge uh, concerns yeah. around privacy. So they're right. they're looking at these two things and saying like this is a key moment where. People are abandoning Google, Facebook, a lot of the big tech players, and we want to capitalize on that and build momentum. So they did this survey to, to do that. Maybe maybe there's truth to it. Maybe there isn't. Google, of course, rebutted, right? Which is our second link in the lightning round. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they, they give, like, this huge, big Twitter feed, and you can go check it out. There's a link down the lightning round. The third one is... Google oh, saying we gotta get rebut. We gotta get the rebut. Well, yeah, just Why? what what, what is oh, the, the general theme of the rebut? I haven't read it. Well, so they they <laughs> they, <laughs> they give like a it's a it's, it's very long. Very, oh but my they, god, the gist of it is is that um they think that the uh, um the the idea that Google is personalizing your search results based off your past search history is way overhyped. They say that that's a very very minor factor um that may like move a result up one notch. Um, but by and large would not change what you're actually seeing in the search results and that the real mm -hmm. factors are much more geography, device, things like that, um, mm -hmm. which makes sense to me. They started off the rebut with, over the years, a myth has developed that Google search personal personalizes so much that for the same query, different people might get significantly different results for, from each other. This isn't the case. Results can differ, but usually for non-personalized reasons. Yeah. Let's explore. And then it goes into the huge thread of yeah. Twitter. So I, I've always like, I've talked about both things happening. Yeah. Um, I've never felt like one was necessarily overpowering over the other, but it's something I'm going to be paying a lot more attention to now. What's the next one, Ryan? Sorry. Oh, can we move on now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Google's saying it's worthwhile to have unique images on each page and not taking, you know, those free stock. Makes sense. From, you know, wherever. Yeah. Um, We've changed our stance on ads. Here's why from HubSpot. They're saying now you should devote your entire marketing budget to ads. <laughs> no, <I'm joking. laughs> so buried, buried in the lead here is um, that they, if you are using HubSpot, you now have access to the ads add-on. Yeah. Uh, if you're using Pro or Enterprise, which I think was like a hundred bucks or something a month yeah. extra. And so, they moved yeah. it to a new menu location. So that's good. I, I've always been frustrated that that was something you had to pay extra money for. We have several clients who use HubSpot. Um, so they'll take advantage of this for sure. So that's a good thing. And uh, the other takeaway there is that they're just saying that the um, opportunity to compete without advertising is shrinking. And that is absolutely true. We've talked about that before. So, you know, you kind of have to advertise. Well, and we've always acknowledged too, when start, say when starting with, with new clients, like inbound marketing works, but it does, especially if you're building from zero, it, it includes a ramp up speed time yeah. where ads definitely can help. And you have to be committed to being the best if you're going to be successful. If you don't think you could be the best at it, it's not necessarily going to be a good strategy for you. 
So what else we got, right? Nine Google ad mistakes that are hurting your business. Oh boy. Well, where are they? I don't know. I don't know what they are. I skimmed it, but I, <laughs> I sent it over to our in-house Google ads. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Lady. Well, it's funny. So um, one of our clients shared something they got in the mail from a competitor and it was basically exactly the same thing. So like, here's the common mistakes that people make with um, Google ads, formerly known as Google AdWords. And I mean, I can almost guess what these are without reading it. One mm. would be uh, not using negatives, that's not one. testing yeah, ad copy, one. not using ad extensions, yep. um, all that kind of fun stuff. Yeah. yeah. You know, one of the ha. big one, one of the big ones was the negatives. So you're pretty spot on. Um, I, billions of dollars wasted because people don't add negatives to their account. Billions. Billions. I wish I had billions of dollars to waste. Mm -hmm. Last one is WordPress 5 release date announced. And that is tomorrow. Yay. Yay. I haven't but actually also, looked whoa. at it. All I know is that there's potential for a lot of websites to break. Mm -hmm. So if they do, give us a call. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we call it WordPress Geddon? Sure. Possibly. A lot of a lot of businesses are freaking out on, on Twitter because there's some... Ah, the Twitter. There's some uh, big conference going on right now and people are canceling their trips to the conference because they want to make sure they're in the office to deal with any potential issues that might crop up, which I feel like is a little well, overblown. That, that, yeah, yeah. Now but here's the thing. You if, don't have... They're not forcing it upon you. I mean, eventually, eventually you would yeah, have to. Yeah, but like you could, there's like, you, yeah, you don't have to um, accept the update tomorrow. You could have postponed your trip, <laughs> you know. Well, or hopefully this was helpful. Yeah. Uh, if you guys are enjoying this, definitely leave us a review. Please subscribe. We want to hear from you. Let us know what you want us to talk about. We don't like. We will send you free stuff. And how are you feeling today? Yeah. yeah, I'm really sad that we haven't had to, we haven't been able to give out any swag. No one's, yeah, no you know, one's, so uh, what we didn't tell you in earlier episodes is that with those mugs we were going to ship you, we had put a hundred dollar bill in each side, in, I'm not speaking correctly, inside each of these mugs. A hundred dollar bill mm. was in each one of those mugs ready to be shipped out to you, but nobody told us about it. So I took the hundred dollar bills out and now you just get a mug. <laughs> just get a mug. <laughs> I would. Oh, okay. So next right. time, there maybe you, you should leave us that review. Because <laughs> <laughs> you never know when Sean's going to just leave $100 in a coffee mug. Yeah. So. Is that it? We'll see you All next right. week. <laughs> <laughs>